Hey everyone, Ben here with a quick interruption before we get into today's episode to let you know that we have been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. Yippee! That is very, very exciting. We are actually incredibly honoured and excited to have that nominee. And you, the listener, yes, the very person that is listening to this right now can help us win a Sports Podcast Award and get us on the podium for once rather than always being off the podium. To do so, head to sportspodcastawards.com. Dot com, register to vote, click on the Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast category where you can then vote for us to win. Now, you will have to listen to the other nominees as well, but let's be honest, you know you're going to vote for us because you're listening to our show today, which means we know you like us and we'd very much appreciate the vote in advance. Sportspodcastawards.com, that's how you do it, and we thank you in advance. And everybody who votes for us, we promise to thank you in our acceptance speech should we win. Right now, I'm going to shut up, play some music, and then you're going to hear me talk again as we get into today's episode of Off the Podium. Enjoy. podcast as uh we have winded down our coverage of beijing i think uh it was a great beijing wasn't it ben i cannot believe that tajikistan topped the medal tally how did that happen oh. colin no one foresaw it foresee it foresee. Know, i can't even speak on that shock that they did it i mean it was all when they got eddie the eagle as a ringer to come in and compete oh. in every sport I know, and how they got Torval and Dean out of retirement to just dominate figure skating. Just good on you, Tajikistan. Well done. And the curse is alive and well, I'm just guessing. <laughs> uh, <but> anyways. <laughs> this joke will not age well if all of a sudden it got a lot of medals uh, for us and off the Ben's, podium. Or yeah, Ben's been yep. doing most of our interviews. We know it's alive and well. Uh, anyways, but I'm here today, so there's hopes for Paris uh, because uh, the athlete we're talking to today uh, just competed in Tokyo, and we're crossing our fingers. We'll be there in Paris, winning more medals as part of Canada's swing relay team. Today we have Kyla Sanchez, uh, who won both a bronze and silver in Tokyo uh, as part of two of the female relay teams, uh, and has also won Commonwealth Games medals and the inaugural season of the uh, the International Swimming League uh, was on that. Uh, she's swimming all-star, and uh, we have her here, exclusive here today. Well, exclusive might be a bit of a loose term, but fuck it, everyone else uses that term. So a global exclusive on Off the Podium. Yeah, this is global. a great chat. Global exclusive. Um, you know, learning a lot about her her time swimming and, and sort of getting into it, the sport and everything. And I'm, I'm always intrigued when it comes to learning about the sport in a country like Canada, which obviously you guys are doing very well on the, on the world stage. But, I mean, I liken this to maybe if all of a sudden – I mean, even like when we interviewed someone like Britt Cox, like obviously where Australia does okay in the moguls, uh, but like obviously it's more of a Canadian sport. You're you're more akin to it, so it's it's educational for me to to learn how you know. Oh, you lesser folk in the world, us Aussie swimmers, you know. Come on, <laughs> we're gonna speak to that. But I'm not saying Kyla's lesser. She's not. She's got Olympic medals. I'm talking right now. I've got fake Olympic medals behind me. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just buy them yeah. off Wish. She spends years of her life earning them, all right? Earning so, them. Yeah, Working. we're talking about somebody who sucks. It's me right now. <laughs> now, you know? Ben, just for that, you're fired. And uh, if I know this interview, Kyla's in as a new replacement. Uh, <laughs> listen to the interview to find out the, the context of that joke. So here it is, uh, 2020 two-time medalist Kyla Sanchez. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, back in 2016, Canada had such incredible success in the pool at the Rio Olympics that nobody saw coming and we figured would never be surpassed again. And lo and behold, 2020 slash 2021 comes around and pardon the pun, Canada blows themselves completely out of the water, uh, partly thanks to our guest today, who was uh, part of two medal wins that Canada had in the pool, two of the relays. Uh, today, we're talking to Kyla Sanchez, uh, two-time Olympic medalist, two-time Goodwill, or Goodwill, sorry, Commonwealth Games medalist, <laughs> and wow. guest now of Off the Podium. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, we always like to start off just by asking, you know, how somebody gets into a sport. I always find it funny when we're talking to runners or swimmers because it just feels like this, you probably don't remember. <laughs> You're thrown in a pool with some water wings as a kid, but do you remember how you got into, I guess, swimming competitively as a sport? Yeah, so thrown into swimming to learn how to swim, and I got to the point where I couldn't progress because of my age limit. They told me I couldn't move up a level, so they recommended competitive swimming. I ended up joining a team and I, I really liked it and it fit into my schedule. It kept me, kept me honest with school and managing my time and I started to get pretty good. So I just kept going. Uh, what age were you at at that point? Cause I, I often, uh, I used to live right next to the, the Pan Am pool that's here in Winnipeg. And I would walk to work like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And I would see lineups of kids getting in there at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. I mean, uh, how old were you when you were getting to the, the, the competitive teams and, and what were the practices like at that young age? Cause you had balanced around school, you said. Yeah. So I, I actually started with a competitive team when I was eight years old, but my Parents decided for me at that point that they wouldn't let me do those 5.30 a.m. mornings. Uh, I didn't start to do those till I turned 12, and I really kind of understood <laughs> why I was waking up and getting into that routine. And, yeah, it, it's tough to uh, have that in with school, and thankfully I don't do that anymore. The earliest I have to get up is 6.45 in the morning, so <laughs> I'm cruising. <laughs> Which is always one of those things that's known about swimming. It's kind of one of those sports where it is sort of early starts, long laps, all those kind of things. So, I mean, by saying 6.45, I mean, that's fine. Who wants those 5.30 ones? But it's interesting you say you sort of get to a level where you, you can't progress. So it's like you've got to only go for that that competitive side of things. Were you involved in any other sports at the time? Was sort of swimming it? I mean, did you have to sort of make a decision at that point that, I have to focus on swimming and kind of put some of these other sports if you were doing any behind you at the time. I love that you asked that. I, I used to play volleyball and I loved it. Um, at that point when I turned 12 years old and it was, okay, I, I need to figure out how I'm going to manage my time because at that point with school, it was just too much. Um, I, I chose swimming and it would have been cool to see where I went with volleyball, but things are going going great okay i mean no knock against our volleyball team but uh, you know i think you you had a pretty good shot at a medal for swimming and maybe not as much for volleyball who knows maybe had you been on the team we would have won gold there uh but uh w when you're 12 years old is this a conversation that a coach has with you do you get pulled aside with your parents where somebody says you know we really think that she should invest some time in this and we see potential for her down the road yeah, um, it, it's definitely a coach, athlete, parent conversation. And a lot of it is just being honest with yourself at that point. Um, and yeah, I think for where I was in my life, I just needed to choose if I wanted to really dive in, pun intended, to the swimming competitive side of things and just put everything I had in, into that. And was that at that point, a goal, the Olympics, was that something that you would kind of always strived towards or was that something that sort of came to you the further you progressed in the sport? Oh, totally. Uh, I dreamed of going to the Olympics. I, I didn't think it would happen so soon, but I think in the past years we've all learned that life doesn't go as planned. So, yeah, I'm very fortunate that I was kind of put into the right position to make the Olympic team. And we've talked to a couple of swimmers uh, on the show here, and I don't think we've ever asked uh, about those early days when you're competing, you know, at that age, you know, 12, 14 years old, maybe before you really get onto like a junior circuit. Um, mm -hmm. Do you really have much of a choice as to, or, or does the coach even say we want you to specialize in this? Or when you're doing these swim meets, is it just, you know, you're going to do a little bit of everything. <laughs> do you get to specialize that early at that, that young age? Uh, I think you, at that point, you're, you're swimming everything 
to try and figure out what you're good at. And at that point you have conversations with your coach of, okay, what can, what can we really eye in on and focus on in training? So you're kind of not spread out all over the place and you have a focus, but definitely when you're younger, it's about, Hey, like, what can I try and what can I do? Was there any for you that you liked that maybe your coach said to you, okay, backstroke isn't for you or, you know, press stroke isn't for you. And was there any that you kind of look back on and go, oh, come on, coach, I might have been okay with that one. You should have given me a bit more of a chance at it. <laughs> Actually, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I was a backstroker when I was younger. And when I joined the group I'm training in now, I, I became a freestyler. So, yeah, it, it changes and you evolve. At what point do you really start to, um, whether it be somebody approaches you or you even just in your mind, you're like, you know what, Olympics is possibly going to be uh, something I could do down the road. Or is that even something you even thought about when you started swimming? I definitely didn't. It, it was a dream. So I guess like I couldn't picture it happening specifically, but um, uh it's just, I think, repeat your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, was there any point where it sort of just became real where, you know, now that's something that, that you're working towards? Did somebody say to you, hey, we think you have potential where you could be, you know, in the Olympics? Uh, or did you even think to yourself, you know what, if I push a little bit harder, I can be there? Mm -hmm. um, so I joined the High Performance Center of Ontario, which is where most of the medalists from the 4x1 trained. And that was when it sort of became real. I, I was in the right environment with intimidating people um, who really drove me to think, hey, I could get that spot on a relay. And with the help of my coaches and those teammates, it, it just it sprouted into hey, I, I'm going to make the Olympics this year and let's see how fast we can go. Now, now, was that after or before Rio? I mean, were you kind of privy to these, uh, you know, teammates that would become teammates sort of before everything that happened in Rio or were you kind of joining this after Rio when they'd had the success that they'd had and you were kind of feeding off what had happened at Rio? I joined after Rio, so it was September. Wow. And I was terrified. <laughs> I think, yeah, those are... A lot of my role models to this day um and i remember walking because uh i penny's in my group and i remember walking into the change room and seeing her and thinking oh my goodness i am so scared <laughs> so but yeah in the grand scheme of things it, it just kind of helped me develop my own culture and in into theirs uh, it was cool I think that's what's interesting is that we we've had lots of athletes, whether it's your sport or a different sport, who have been on here said, you know, what, I saw this person at prior Olympics. The next thing you know, I'm a teammate. But you're coming in. What's that got to be like? Four to six weeks after the Olympics, mm -hmm. uh, and really, as I said at the beginning, nobody really was able to call the success Canada was going to have there, especially the level it was at. So you come in immediately afterwards. Uh, you know for being able to train with those swimmers, like had it sunk into you, these are Olympic level swimmers yet, or, or were, they, were they just regular teammates here? Uh, mostly, holy crap, these are Olympic swimmers and <laughs> they have medals on their names. And part of it was, okay, I need to figure out what I'm doing and how I'm gonna integrate myself into the group and watch what they're doing. And um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And do you remember, you mentioned Penny, but do you remember any of the other swimmers as you were coming in? Not necessarily your starstruck, but being yeah. like, oh, I could really learn something. Did anybody else kind of pull you aside, give you any advice, let you know what you were in for in the next four years? Totally. Um, Michelle Williams, Sandrine Manville, Chantel, those were all swimmers that, well, Sandrine in the weight room was just insane. And I remember watching her and um, not specifically asking her, but just watching what she would do and making sure I was doing things properly um, outside of the pool as well. And um, I think a lot of the guidance comes from the observance and kind of being immersed into the environment. Um, once I made my first national team with those ladies, we were standing up before the four by one free final, the world championships in Budapest. And they told me just 
relax. You got this, you know what to do. Just rip it. And I took that with me (laughs) years after. Which is crazy to think that progression sort of in that period of, of obviously joining sort of that squad, the World Junior Championships the year after, the Commonwealth Games, and obviously, as you're mentioning, the, the World Championships in, in 2019. D- does does that hit you at some point? Are you on, you mentioned sort of being in the blocks at the World Championships, but say before that, when you're at, say, a World Junior Champs or at a Commonwealth Games sort of progressing up, that this is happening. You're mentioning sort of those that Olympic you know, ambitions that all of a sudden that this, this is a path I'm taking. I, I'm reading the Google maps correctly. I'm, I'm going <laughs> directly towards my goal and this could be achievable. Honestly, to this day, like I, I look back at those meets and I'm still pretty surprised. Like, Oh, I did that. And I was there, I think because you're so focused on performance and trying to do things properly. And of course you're trying to live in the moment, but it's just go, go, go. And, Um, it's nice to sit back at the end of the quad and just really appreciate uh, all the growth that you've been through. I have to ask just about the Commonwealth Games, given Mm. they were in beautiful Australia, Gold Coast as well. Uh, Was that... I can imagine that it's not a common thing in Canada to swim in an outdoor pool. Uh, was that your first time ever competing in a in an outdoor pool at, a, at an event like that? And if so, what was it like compared to competing in an indoor pool? It wasn't my first, but it was definitely my first time competing outdoors at such a high-level meet. It was pretty crazy, the whole experience. That was my first multi, multi-sport games, uh, so that whole village experience. Oh, it, it rained a couple of days, but it was really cool to look up into the stands. Everyone would put on their plastic covers and then take the <laughs> rain off. It was yeah. like, oh, it was, it was a really cool experience, I think. Um, that was a, the meet where I, I had a lot of growth in terms of race performance and watching the big guys like Kate Campbell and Bronte do what they can do so professionally. And, and did you get to experience much of Australia? Like, do you get sort of time after or beforehand that you maybe get to hang out a little bit and kind of see a bit of the Gold Coast or a bit of the country? Yeah, so we did our staging in Australia beforehand. So we, we had some time, but mostly I, I had a day after the meet where I wasn't competing. So we went to this bouncy water contraption thing that I've never (laughs) experienced in my life. And it was such a good memory to just be in the ocean and yeah, not the Gold Coast. It's all around the the ocean (laughs) and bouncy water things. That's that's just just what they do there. Very Gold Coasty. You know, you mentioned earlier, you kind of uh, turned to specializing in relays or, or at least look to that. This is your in into it. You, you kind of have turned into like a really relay specialist now. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're starting out, is this is this what a swimmer looks at is this is my best chance to to get on to a big stage like the World Championships uh, or the Commonwealth Games? Uh, or is that something that you just you prefer to actually do the relays over the individual events? I, I love relays. Um, so a story, Ben Titley, that is training us in Canada, he has helped develop the relays for Canada and really tried to instill in us that it takes a team um, and to be on that team is an honor. So um, yeah, I've loved that I've been given the opportunity to prove myself on those relays and show that I'm a valuable member on that team. And when you are going into a games like the Commonwealth Games, um, how much heads up do you even get? I know with the relays, everything's always changing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you've had events where you've been in the heats or you've been in the semifinals, and not necessarily the finals. And sometimes it's the other way around. But mm-hmm. when you're flying out there, are you at least told, "Hey, you know what? You're 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 kind of on the short list for a relay," or is it, do you literally get thrown in there and they're like, "You know what? Tomorrow, get ready for a relay." <laughs> There are certain situations where you are thrown into relays for different reasons, if a swimmer's sick or if the plans change. Um, but going into the Olympics, at least, and most of the national meets I've been to, I've been given the idea that I would be on the four by one. And I would, of course, need to prove myself for the four by two because we have a pretty deep field in that sense. But um, yeah with the trials it, it kind of helps kind of just fortify the fact that hey i got that relay spot i earned that and it's a pretty big honor which is does that make a, a an event like the trials interesting because of course 
I guess you've got a couple of levels there, don't you? I mean, you want to qualify, of course. You want to then potentially qualify for an individual event or two. And then also, at the same time, have that, as you were saying, in the back of your mind, showing that I'm still good enough to make this relay team, which sounds to me like is maybe your your goal there, that you, you enjoy the relay aspect so much that you just want to be able to prove that you are worthy of that spot. Right. Um, it. I think... As I grow in my career, I'm definitely striving for those individual spots and events, but Canada is so good at the relays and the fact that we got second in that four by one, it's just, what can I put um, into the relay that'll help all of us succeed versus kind of my own goals in that way. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not like this in other countries around the world, but even just looking at the media from the United States and other countries, uh, there does seem to be something different with the Canadian relay teams. And maybe it is partly what you're saying that, you know, uh, it's something we have a lot of success and we take a lot of pride in. Uh, but there seems to be like a big camaraderie, a real team feeling, uh, especially when you see you guys in the interviews afterwards. And you remember with the Commonwealth Games and everything, uh, it, when I would watch the interviews afterwards, it was just like you guys were the Toronto Maple Leafs or uh, the, well, they won uh, medals. They won things. They, Colin, so that's not true. You're, you're just like the Tampa Bay Lightning or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like you, you've worked for it the entire season. I mean, it, are you guys really tight, you know, outside of the pool as well? Do, do you look forward to doing these relays? Is it something where it, it feels like more of a team effort? Yeah, I think you're right with, uh, well, Canada, I believe is in a pretty special situation because most of the sprint girls train in the same place. Um, for example, pre-Olympics, um, we had Taylor Rock come back and Rebecca Smith come back from college just to train with us the whole year. And we know each other so well. We've been together since we were very young. Um, so we, we have that chemistry and that just, I don't know, we know like I know exactly how Rebecca Smith is going to come into the wall and touch it. So that the exchanges, which is another important aspect to the relays, it just becomes so much easier and you want to do well for them. And I genuinely love all the girls. And on that, going back to your point about how you joined sort of the team just after Rio, as Colin mentioned, incredibly successful games that leads up into Tokyo, another very you know successful games. Is this a case now where, early on it's still kind of recent after Tokyo that now this depth continues you know where you were at five years ago now you've got girls joining the squad who are going to be there in Paris and it's just now the success is blossoming the next talent as it keeps growing and growing and Canada continues to do so well on the global stage. Mm -hmm. Definitely there was a culture set in Rio and whether or not we wanted to admit to ourselves like hey we need to we have to win a medal and we all secretly want it, but you don't say it because um, you're locked into your performance and you obviously don't want to jinx it. It's just not something you talk about, but everyone wants it. Um, and like with summer Macintosh coming in and coming forth as a 14 year old, like that's just going to, you're throwing gasoline <laughs> and like oil onto this like fire. And it, I'm sure it'll continue, which is exciting. Uh, Kind of getting into Tokyo, you know, obviously the game is being postponed a year. Um, I don't know exactly where you were at. You know, obviously you'd been involved in the Commonwealth Games, but uh, did you feel like that extra year benefited you just getting a little bit more experience? Uh, do, do you feel like you would have had the exact same games if you had been there one year earlier and if everything had gone down in 2020? That's a good question. So I actually, once the Olympics were postponed, I decided to have my shoulder surgery that September uh, of 2020, um, which was supposed to happen post Olympic games. But we decided for training reasons, it would be better if I got it out of the way and started that recovery process. So I would be good for Tokyo. Um, yeah, it was, it was a hard year <laughs> of training a lot of their back, uh, just crawling back into bed at the end of the weeks. But, um, got to where we wanted to be and it ended up being a really bonding year for a whole group where we worked really hard and by the end of the olympic games you're we looking at each other like what <laughs> what just <laughs> happened like it's over which does that then make it extra special that moment when you get that nod that you're officially going to the olympics you're you're an olympian you know you're you're going to be on a plane to tokyo it really hit me when we went to our staging camp in Vancouver and on our bed was the one of the Canadian sweaters 
and it that was when I was like holy crap I'm going to the Olympics <laughs> and I think it's just because it's a lot of go 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 and get ready and um you don't realize what's happening until it, it's happening but that's just me <laughs> well, I mean, also, also another thing that's interesting about these games is, you know, for you, somebody, this is your first Olympics being there. Uh, maybe you've never experienced not having those fans in the stand, not having family there to support you. Uh, and I don't know, you can tell me, it, does it make it harder knowing that it's your first games and knowing your family can't be there? I mean, obviously there were efforts. They had like the, the big screen wall where you could see your family members afterwards and all that. But uh, what was the experience like for you knowing I'm going into this, there's not going to be a crowd, the family are not going to be there, but hey, I'm an Olympian. Right. I I guess I just didn't really know what I was missing, um, which, which was helpful. But uh, yeah, it would have, I think just because in the past I, I'm used to traveling without my family, um, it, it just made things a little more usual. Um, but yeah, I had a great experience at the games. And I think just because I had been surrounded by my teammates the whole year, it felt like the right people were there for me, which was really special. Well, on that experience, we always love to find out about everything outside of the competitive nature of it, just the Olympic experience, the, the village, you, you know, you mentioned sort of seeing your, your team Canada, you know, sweater, things like that. But I mean, what was that like for you around the competition side of things? Were you just soaking it up and, and really kind of trying to take it in what it means to be an Olympian at an Olympics? Mm -hmm. So I, because uh, the Olympics wasn't my first multi-sport games, I, I was able to get the lay of the land pretty good knew where to eat, um, sleep. I, I was just really getting into the routine of things and that allowed me to really enjoy it. I, um, even with the, the, the glass, the clear plastic things in between. Shields. It, yeah. And, <laughs> and the, the regulations, it was, uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah. I, it was cool actually seeing the other uh athletes was really cool as well i got to see some basketball players that i'm a huge fan of <laughs> which is like because i always like finding that out is it a case of trying to guess the athlete as well like obviously if you're seeing someone like kevin durant you're gonna be like hmm i think he <laughs> yeah. might be a basketball <laughs> player but, but like i love kind of hearing the stories about hey I'm in the village and that, oh, weightlifter, maybe wrestler. Or like, if, even if you're in the gym kind of watching, yeah. like if somebody's pounding out a bike, oh, definitely a cyclist or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's fun to guess the sports because you have super tall people walk in and you're like, probably volleyball or basketball. <laughs> or, like, you know, if they walk in in a group of 20, you're like, maybe that's the soccer team. Um, so, yeah, things like that are pretty fun and keep your mind off the stress and the nerves of the whole games. You mentioned earlier one of the interesting things about relays is uh, just how precise something like an exchange has to be. Uh, and uh, another thing I don't think we've ever asked uh, anybody who's participated in relays is how conscious you are of those little things like having to have the cleanest exchange, uh, the the gap you might have to make up. Like when you're getting ready and you're you're maybe you're going second or third, are you really paying that much attention to, okay, I've got a pro looking at the length of the pool here. I've got approximately, you know, three, four <laughs> seconds that I could gain on this. Does it even, does it even enter your mind? You know, the, the, the grand scheme of the entire event and not just your one leg. I think, yeah. Um, you, you definitely have blinders on. Um, it's, you're not really thinking, but you are. Uh, just because in the training, like you, you just know exactly how it's supposed to feel. And from the prelim swims, you, you usually can build off of that. But the things like exchanges uh, are usually, uh, for me personally, they're, they're more natural, especially on our team. But the, the safe thing for relays and what it was always said is it's better safe than too soon because you'd rather just be slower than be disqualified. But mm -hmm. Um, definitely blinders. Um, before the realize as well, you know if it's going to be a tight race because you usually talk about it with your coaches and you know the splits, you know the swimmers that you're going next to. So it's more about, hey, I need to do what I know to do and it'll usually put you in the right spot. And just in comparison to uh, something like track and field, 
where mm-hmm. it feels like half the half the teams get disqualified by the end of the event anyways because they're exchanged. Oh, you're just outside the line, just outside. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem to happen as much as swimming, but I, I've got to imagine that it's happened to you at least once at, at some point. Have you ever had just, you know what, bad exchange, you just knew it, and then, uh, it, does it happen often enough that there are disqualifications? It happens more often when you haven't rehearsed the exchange with the swimmer that is coming in. To be, like, I don't think I've ever been disqualified for an exchange, but I've been pretty close. Um, <laughs> Do you know you're close when it happens? You're like, uh-oh. Yeah, you <laughs> no, kind of think- weren't watching that closely. <laughs> you have that thought midair, like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. So the extra adrenaline helps, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Very famous one I remember for Australia was the 2001 World Champs when uh, I can't remember if it was a four by one or the four by two won the gold world record time and basically uh, the team jumped in the pool to celebrate without realizing that the eighth place finisher hadn't <laughs> finished. Oh, so therefore there's this famous oh. footage of them being interviewed pool deck, you know, congratulations, you're world champions, you broke a world record. And all of a sudden, boom, DQ next to their name. And uh, oh, we, yeah, we spoke to Jan Rooney uh, <laughs> a while back about that. She was part of that team, but you mentioned before kind of about going into these events kind of obviously with, hey, it'd be great to come away with a medal. I mean, going into the Olympics, bronze medals Canada had won in the 4x1 and the 4x2 at the at the World Championships in 2019. So was it an expectation to leave Tokyo with a medal? Was that sort of what you were all gone in that mindset, like medal or nothing really at that point? I think for me personally – I don't want to say yes, but yes, <laughs> you know, like I, I think we all just kind of knew what, ha- what we had worked on and what was all the work that was put into it, that it was just like, if we don't podium, like we gave it everything we got and we all wanted it so bad. So it, we're so lucky it came together and it was pretty cool. Which I just wanted to add on that one with the four by one. We were doing commentary on that event and we called it the off the podium double because basically, obviously, as an Australian, I'm going to be sitting here quite happy that, you know, a world record and a gold medal. Thank you very much. But if I want somebody to get second, I'm going to want it to be Canada and particularly beating America as well, which it's (laughs) it's funny doing that sort of commentary, you know, clearly because we're esteemed commentators on this show, but the joy that I've got as an Australian, but the Colin was equally as, as happy with with the, with the silver medal. I love kind of seeing that Canadian perspective of how much a silver medal meant sort of in, in an event like that. I mean, coming away with a silver, you're improving what you do then from the world championships. I mean, that medal mentality, but I mean, silver, that's a pretty good medal to have if uh, you're going to walk away in Olympics with a medal. Mm-hmm. No one was going to touch Australia. They had an unbelievable relay. Emma was insane um such a cool person to watch swim but yeah i do believe that that was our gold medal and when we look back we could just really say that we gave it everything we had and uh penny uh worked really hard to make sure that that was silver at the end it was a tough race and it was pretty just on no words (laughs) still (laughs) and and it's also interesting that you get to watch that as a spectator as well as a medalist, because unless you are the anchor, you know, mm. you're there cheering on your teammate, but you're like right poolside. Uh, so <laughs> kind of take us through, were you, were you able to be at a vantage point where you could see, okay, I think we got this. All right, we're moving up to third, we're moving up to second. Like, were you able to really see the result as it was coming towards you? I, I think I from what I remember, I do. I, I remember looking and thinking, she's got this. She has so got this. And oh, it was, I think it's the point for anybody when they get to the flag. So five meters in and you're, you're just sweating <laughs> and you're yeah. screaming. Um, yeah, I, I knew Penny's a good closer and she's a good person to have on the anchor and she was just in the right spot and she was strong and um, yeah, it was a good touch. Just on that too, in the other two events, I mean, fourth in the four by two, but you still set a national record in that event. So obviously 
I can imagine there's a bit of disappointment that you don't walk away with a medal, but does it kind of take a moment to realise, well, we are the fastest Canadians to ever swim this event and you can take some pride away from that still, even though you didn't come away with a medal from that event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was super proud of everyone on that relay. Um, yeah, it was crazy Canadian national record. Um, I think obviously just because the medals are just something that you want really badly, we were able to um, kind of realize that, but just appreciate our performance. And we were one of the youngest teams out there, so we can just go for it the next time. And in terms of then the the medley, what's that like swimming a heat and then what? Because like, it's, it's an interesting thing in swimming, isn't it? That you swim a heat and then if your team goes on to win a medal, you get a medal. So yeah. What's that like? And, and how do you get them? Because you're obviously not on the podium with them during the mm-hmm. ceremony. Does a, an Olympic official just tap you on the shoulder the next day and go, hey, Kyla, here's your bronze. Thanks very much. You know, congratulations. Uh, so uh, they actually give it to your team manager. And for your daily team meetings, I, our team manager awarded it to us. And wow. It was a special moment. Um, yeah, watching that relay, well, it, that was my last race actually at the Olympics was that anchor. And, um, it was really special to me to anchor relay. I don't, I usually lead off relays and that's where I'm the most comfortable. Um, but watching that relay in the final was, I think just because you're not in control, you're standing there and you really feel what it's like to be a spectator. And Taylor was sitting with me and she also swam in the morning and didn't swim in the evening. And we were just holding our hands like really tightly. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, because we, we knew China uh, was going to gun for a medal as well. So nothing's confirmed and you're just standing there. <laughs> wow. Knowing that you're going to get a freaking medal. Like that that's like yeah. the best type of spectator. I mean, I've watched plenty of Olympics yeah. in my life, but no one's tapped me on the shoulder a couple of hours <laughs> later and got, hey, Ben, thanks for watching, you know, 80 yeah. hours of Tokyo in the last three days. Here's a medal. I mean, I wish I could, you know. If there's anyone out there who can, I'll, I'll gladly take it. Yeah, it's a tough life. It's a tough yeah. life. <laughs> <Incredible>. <laughs> now, it's funny, uh, before we did this interview, I told Ben, you know, we're huge Olympic fans. Obviously, we have an Olympic podcast, but I was almost more excited to talk to you about the ISL than I was the Olympics because I've mm-hmm. gotten so into the ISL. I mean, uh, there was really no TV coverage here in Canada the first season because uh, we didn't have the team yet. And then last year, CBC had coverage every single weekend. I'm like, well, this is actually really interesting. This year, I was waiting week after week. I'm like, when is CBC going to start covering this? And then I realized they're not covering it because you got to pay the subscription. I, I, I paid for the subscription. I got to tell you, I watch every second of every meet now. Uh, it, wow. it, to me, this is, as, this is as entertaining as, you know, an NHL season and playoffs. Uh, you know, you're, you're in the midst of now. That's because I'm a Leafs fan. That's right. The, the Titans are the new Leafs. They're the ones who are actually going to win. We, we have hope with the Titans, not the Leafs. Uh, but uh, but I, I, there's so many questions I just have about the, the league itself, you know, because we're three seasons in right now. You were there the first, you technically walked away with the, the equivalent of a Stanley Cup, I guess, the first season because <laughs> Toronto didn't have a team yet. But uh, so how do you actually get involved in this? Is, do, you, do you have to try out for a team? Is it recruited only? Yeah, I'm happy you enjoy the ISL. Um, you you do get recruited. So you put in your times to a database and there was a draft this past season. So that's kind of how they rounded up the swimmers and saw their times. And that was when the team started to pick who they would want onto their team. So unfortunately, not everyone gets chosen to be on the draft. But if your times are fast enough or if a team specifically needs you for a certain stroke, then you're on. And is it? And, uh, please go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. No, no, please. I insist, Colin. Thank you. You, you, <laughs> well, you are the anchor ask... of this relay, so <laughs> you <bet>. please <laughs> lead us off. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was just going to ask, like, do, what do you get for, I guess, the season when you were on Energy Standard, where you're technically the, the champions? You get a ring. You get a trophy. We got a ring, actually, and uh, which is interesting because a lot of the United States, well, the United States schools get rings, so felt like that. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is so cool. It was a one size only, so it's massive and it doesn't fit my fingers, but it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Which I always wonder when people win rings because, you know, it's a, a medal you can sort of wear. I mean, if I won an Olympic medal, I'd never take it off, but obviously you're probably yeah. you're not wearing it now. So I'm guessing you take it off every now and then. But, like, I always wonder, like, 
I mean, I don't see LeBron James in interviews just with covered fingers, right? Like Tom Brady just not all of a sudden having his hands weighed down. Like obviously it's something likened to an Olympic medal where you would put it kind of, I guess, in a trophy case or something like that next to the Olympic medals or something along those lines. Yeah, my my parents do a better job of it than me. They have a little (laughs) glass case and they uh, just arrange things. I haven't actually gave them the ring yet, so it's still sitting in my Uh, room. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, then. But the medals, are they on display? Are they kind of already in the, you know, case? I think my medals are in the box, in a bag. Wow, okay. But yeah. my medals yeah. from the past meets are out. <laughs> right, okay. You work your way up to the Olympic ones, yes, right? Exactly. Like, okay, kind of there. I'll get one one thing I want to ask quickly too about um, is Thunderbirds, UBC. I believe yeah. you're, uh, you're set to go there now. Um, how excited are you for that? And is that is that based in Vancouver? Or is that based uh, in in Victoria? It's in Vancouver, ah, and I right. I think I joined Ben's group, HPC Ontario, at the end of twenty sixteen, and I, I finished the quad, and I'm staying an extra year. I'm finishing this season, so with World Champs and Commies coming up to start to move my life and. I think I just needed the comfort of the training I knew here to get through those two big meets. And then I'm finally going to in-person class next September. And I think I just wanted to start a new part of my life and to integrate into something different and have new teammates. And I'm very excited. And, and, <laughs> and can... what are you studying sort of at the same time? What will you be the, the goal, I guess? And is that sort of future proofing yourself post swimming to kind of set a, a different career path from that point? Mm-hmm. So I've been very interested in poli sci. I will branch out a little bit my first year just in case I want to see or if I have a, any other interests. But so far, it's, it's my plan. Journalism is pretty good podcasting you know you, just just saying okay. you know we, we can recommend some people that might i mean I, I don't know of any good podcasts but i mean there, there could be at least one I out mean, there perhaps. we've been looking for a reason to replace ben so you know yeah. you get a degree like he has <laughs> you're in Sounds good. Uh, now you you are going to finish out uh, i think you're saying the season for the toronto titans as well at least in the time we're recording this uh, the playoffs are around the corner. I mean, uh, you know, uh, by the time people are hearing this interview, you probably already won. You've got your second ring. Uh, but uh, is <laughs> is this something that uh, is uh, an option for you going forward while you're in school? And I guess at the same time, the Olympics for Paris uh, and world championships and all that. Uh, is this something that you have the ability to work around a school schedule? I hope so. I it, it all depends on the timings of the ISL and the recent um, way that they've been holding it of we, for example, like we were in Italy for a, over a month and that's kind of why I decided not to start school. So hopefully in the upcoming seasons, it's a little more spread out and we'll just have to see. <laughs> I would love to keep coming the ISL and to be around those people that are so good and they're it's it just changes up your kind of sight on the sport it's really cool it's probably a lot of the covid protocols as well as as one of the reasons for that i'm guessing i mean uh, are there are there i don't know i if there were already but are there any toronto meets coming up is there um uh, have there been any this year where you were able to actually compete on home turf that's the dream um but no when the Toronto Titans team was originally announced and before COVID had hit, the plan was for a meet here. Um, so hopefully in the future it'll happen, and I do believe it will with the Toronto team. We're still hoping for the Australian team, just saying out there. Yeah. ISL, if you, if <laughs> Why is there no Australia? you got to wonder. There's 10 teams and Australia has one. <laughs> I mean, this to me is like as if the NHL didn't have any Canadian teams. I mean, I would assume outside <laughs> of the US that Australia probably should have some teams. I mean, I'm guessing it is a bit far to travel to Australia in current climate. <laughs> maybe uh, a little bit little bit difficult we, we we close out with a set of series of kind of just get to know you questions in a second Kyla but I mean touching on sort of what Colin said into 2022 obviously a world champs and then barely what six seven or so weeks later a, a Commonwealth Games as well it's sort of a tightly packed schedule with how the the calendar's been rearranged with COVID or that I mean do, do you obviously a world champs I can imagine is maybe a higher precedence but do you look at something like a Commonwealth Games given that that was your first multi-sport event and look at that 
maybe a little bit differently now. You know what to expect and you can go into it uh, a little bit differently with a different mindset with, with the girls and, and push to beat us pesky Australians if you're <laughs> yeah. kind of edging well. you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Worlds will be a good spot to kind of just prove what we can do again and, and then commies we can enjoy Birmingham and, yeah, just like you said, um, be comfortable in the environment and have fun again, which is a, a good portion of loving your sport is to just truly enjoy it. So commies will be a place to do that and it'll be fun to be in a multi-sport environment. Ben had uh, sort of explained uh, before our final set of questions here. Uh, we'll kind of go into more detail here. So this is actually taken from the uh, Team Canada did this. This is the Olympic.ca website. They did this for Rio. They did it for Pyeongchang. They didn't do it for Tokyo. So I actually feel bad because this is something that we could we could have had you fill up, but you can now submit this. And if they decide to bring it in for Paris, you've already got it. We'll try to match up your answers. Perfect. What it is, is it's a series of questions that are, some of them are like serious sports related and some of them are just goofy. There's pictures in here, which, uh, you know, if you want to submit later on, you can. Ben always likes to say we've had at least one athlete who submitted two, pictures later two on. Bob two Bob now. Two no Bob summer sledders. Olympian has ever done this, Kyla. So just you no could become the if you first to be summer the first. Olympian to do yeah. pictures. I, I am going to say we're using Emily Overholtz that she did for Rio kind of as our template here. And uh, I'll drop a few throughout here. But I'm very curious. If you ever talk to Emily, please find out if she – filled this out on her own if she had help because we interviewed Kylie <laughs> Mass last year and I told her Emily's answers are hilarious and Kylie's like I have a feeling she has some help with that I don't think that those are Emily answers so oh my gosh. maybe okay, you can find out for us or even give us your opinions to go along but uh so we'll we're start learning out. That Emily's not funny is that that's what we're why saying? I think that's what Kylie was saying <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody's over there with that. But uh, first question, uh, this one, not a funny answer, but maybe you have a funny one. I don't know. The greatest Olympian of all time is. Oh, man. You can answer yourself if you want. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> I, I don't, like I would, but then I'd sit at, in my room later like, why did I say that? Um I'm going to say Derek Druin. I read today on a sign that he's Canada's most decorated male athlete. So I will applaud him in that way. Yeah. Cool. We, uh, we interviewed him. Was it about a year ago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And good uh, guy. We like him promptly. Yeah. We won't get into then. <laughs> what, yeah. Anyway. Cursed him. Let's Don't just say, say it. it. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't do oh it. Colin. God. Don't do it I, I never would do such a thing i think i said i guarantee you will win gold in tokyo five yeah. months later i am withdrawing from the olympics so yep okay um now this is a question that always makes colin and i feel kind of old so i look forward to your answer um the first olympics you ever remember watching was 2016 yep ah. definitely feel old all right <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched, I 100% watched the 2012 Winter Olympic Games, but ah, uh, yep. when I was really watching, watching um, 2016, for sure. You're sizing up the competition at that point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the next one, if you want to submit a picture later on, is draw a picture of yourself, but we'll skip that for ah. now. Um, your favorite ice cream flavor is? Ooh, it, I would say mint chocolate chip, but I've evolved into a coffee nut type nice I, I love the evolution that you've got to evolve it's like a pokemon <laughs> like you know well, rich, level 20 i can now eat <laughs> coffee it, it it works that way um this question's interesting because you kind of do have walk-up music and swimming now the yeah. whole entry thing mm -hmm. where you sort of walk out onto the pool deck but the question is if you were a baseball player what would your walk-up music be baseball hmm it could just be use of any. Like, again, you're walking out in the pool deck, you're, you're putting on a song, like it's, it's your pump-up jam, essentially. Uh, it, Wild for the Night by ASAP Rocky. It's just ah, a okay. between rap and EDM and there's so much noise and, yeah, it's great. Nice blend. <laughs> and, and anyone who can use a dollar sign in their name, like that can all – like you could you could change your you last could. name to have like the dollar sign on Sanchez. Dollar sign that, Sanchez. That, <laughs> hey. Oh, I'd be a baller. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that would be fun during the, like, I mean, we, we, we like to talk during the Olympics that, uh, particularly here in Australia, nobody could say Kylie's last name properly, you know. So, like, they, <laughs> that would be fun during Paris to have, like, commentators going, like, and here comes Kyla, dollar sign Anches. Uh, she touches, like, that would be fun to watch. I would, I would really like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in a movie about your life, who would you be played by? Someone, hmm. I'm gonna say, oh gosh, I watch, I watch movies. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do. I've really gotten into that. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. That's good. Progression. You've leveled up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I'd be, you know, Chandler from Friends. I'd, I'd have him play me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Matthew I Perry. like that. Yeah, Matthew. I mean, yeah, he, Matthew he couldn't Perry. be James Bond. So, like, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that that kind of, I like that's that's I like it when you kind of have like an out of the out of the box answer that that works. <laughs> you know, I really want to see this now. Yeah, TV <laughs> actor. Could I be wearing any more medals? Um, yeah. <laughs> really suits it. Great casting. Uh, now, there's another drawing here. If you want to draw a picture of a Canadian animal, you're, you're most welcome <laughs> oh. to. Uh, I'm seeing here Emily's drawing drawn a. a funny moose looks like it's a oh. skull like with <laughs> horns and i don't know what's going on there um your guilty pleasure snack is okay um i love cheetos oh yes yes yeah. ketchup oh yeah okay yeah i, I do love you know what yeah. i mean that's that's such a Canadian thing. I mean, I don't mind ketchup <laughs> chips, but it's like, it's not something that I go out of my way to get. But my wife well, found at the store spicy ketchup chips. I don't know if you can deal with a lot of spice. You probably can't. Ben can't, but they have a spicy, I, I don't know what the brand is, but a spicy ketchup chip. And I told her, I'm like, I'm like dill pickle for life. But I'm like, you can buy the spicy ketchup chip anytime you want. So good. Yeah, it sounds great. I, I did love the the first time I ever uh, went and stayed with Colin. You know, he's like, "We're going to do the most Canadian thing ever. We're going to get the ketchup. <laughs> we're going to get the like." And we've had ketchup chips in Australia before. I do remember. Um, I think it was maybe during the Melbourne or the Manchester Commonwealth Games. They had a flavors of the world series of chips. So like mm-hmm. they they literally had a meat pie and sauce Australian flavor chip. I think like the UK was like a, a, a ham and mustard flavored chip, but they had the Canadian chip and you would get uh, the ketchup chip. I remember that vividly. So I'd had them before, but uh, I mean, I lived in Canada for a bit and I, I didn't really eat a lot of chips, but I would go for the ketchup. I'd like to fit in, you know, yeah, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> With- all the people. Now, if they all make ketchup people. Cheetos, that would be something to try. They yeah. did. And what? They, <laughs> yes, they're a thing. They're, they're Cheetos and they're ketchup flavored and they're shaped like Canadian maple leaves. Oh, oh wow. That's <laughs> the most Canadian thing you've ever heard. I was going to say, going back to the channel, could they be any more Canadian, basically? <laughs> yeah. If Justin Bieber handed it to you while pouring maple syrup on it and listening to <laughs> oh, Celine Dion oh. and Wayne Gretzky was saying hello, uh, I mean, while on a moose... Uh, I mean, just the cliches are all ticked off there. That'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, let me see. What are we up to here? This one's always a tough one. So if if you if you can't think about it, we can come back to it later, or you could just say skip it. But uh, uh, I like when people do have answers for them. So my favorite song lyric is an individual lyric from a song. Uh, okay, can we come back to it? Sure, yes. I'll 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 see if you want to steal Ooh, Emily Overholtz. Okay, go. <laughs> Work so hard, forgot how to vacation. Ah, okay. who's what's that, that Post Malone in his ah. song "Congratulations," and there's something about it where you listen to it and you're like, "Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of works." I like it. I'm just going to tell you, I am really starting to see why Kylie accused um, Emily of uh, getting some help on her answers. Because I'm seeing the handwriting seems to change from one to the next. <laughs> her answer here was, what time is it? Summertime from the cast of High School Musical. Uh, <laughs> you are right. The handwriting does the handwriting change. changes almost on every answer. So. <laughs> wow. That's something I've never noticed before. Um, the most recent TV show that you binge watched was... Well, right now I'm watching How I Met Your Mother again for the Ooh. probably fifth time. 
what's the last show? Is that literally to just try and work out that the ending is so shit that you have <laughs> to try and... I totally agree with you. Mm, the first couple yeah. seasons, great. And then you just, you stop paying then attention. it ends. And you just watch that, <laughs> the, the alternate ending on the DVD, right, which I think they ended up putting on there to appease the fans. Like, that's how it should have ended, right? Like, not this crap that I they do at the end. I haven't seen that. Okay, I, I think it's... The yeah, it's oh, it might even be on YouTube, but I think kind of the creators got so sort of like, okay, well, this is maybe how we should have ended it, um, which I think, like, spoiler alert, if you've not seen How I Met Your Mother, I think it literally ends on him meeting her under the umbrella or something like that. Right. So, like, I think that's kind of how it should have ended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not angry about it. <laughs> no, I, that was me a couple of years ago, Just and then it's dissipated. I just, you know, I, I accept it. <laughs> I like uh, your resolve. <laughs> what about what is your biggest fear in life? And if you're like Emily Overholt, it's waking up with a spider on your face. But maybe you have she's been to Australia. A, a bigger fear, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say just not getting everything, or not doing realistically, not doing what I've intended to do which yeah that sounds like it just might be a huge downer in coming years but we'll see <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll get it works yeah. i like that now the, uh, the before i get to the last question there is uh another drawing what would the coolest olympic medal look like she's drawn a, a pizza on a medal which says pizza love heart love heart love heart don't know how that would go for a medal now i also love her her, I thought she'd written here happing, but it's napping. I can see there. That's an N, Ben, not an H. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> um, but the final question is, what is one thing you can't live without? Ooh, probably lotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an odd answer. But you know what? Uh, relatably, coffee. Okay. Yeah. Which you can progress. Yeah. You evolve and get <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It'll turn into I mean, Win- Winnipeg w- winters, it's probably like every place in Canada, especially Winnipeg winters, like I can't live without lotion. So I 100% relate to it. I don't, I don't, I can't handle caffeine. So I relate to your, your lotion answer. Can I, can right. I just touch okay. on that? What, what, where does lotion and winter come into play? Like, am I just oh, a dumb, naive Australian? I, mean, I lived in Victoria. Yes. We had two snows. That was it. So to me, that's not winter. That's right? why. So how does yeah. Lotion and winter. I don't get the collection. Dry, connection. cold, your skin getting blasted by wind for the whole right. winter. Okay. Yeah. See, we it's call awful. that sunscreen in Australia. Cause like, yeah. hot. honestly, we, we only dropped below freezing temperatures for a few days last week and I've already got dry hands. <laughs> I need the lotion now. Put the lotion in the problem. basket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a Canadian problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, before uh, we, we kind of say goodbye to you, um, Kyle, is there anywhere that people can follow you on social media uh, follow what you're up to. How can they subscribe to the ISL as I did? Yes. I'm on Instagram, Kyla Sanchez underscore. I'm working on my Twitter. I'll get there and I'll, I'll start to think of inspiring things to say. Um, but yes, for the ISL, it's ISL.global. Um, and everything's on there. You can see past, past seasons and you can subscribe and follow along with the Titans cheer us on go titans <laughs> and it's only titans. 40 it's like 40 bucks too yeah Bargain. yeah actually i did a giveaway so i had some people on my instagram win a subscription so right i see I'll, I'll admit i didn't sign up at the beginning of the season uh because there were a lot of swimmers who were giving away those subscriptions so i kind of right. waited for the contest to be over and then when i realized oh, i cheap. didn't win then i paid <laughs> <laughs> smart, smart. but i will I, pay for future uh, seasons <laughs> i'm not paying 40 dollars. i want to win <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. how it works <laughs> there's always next year uh, it, it's it's been great having you on the show and we're looking forward to uh, seeing the rest of the Titan season, which people have already probably seen by the time we hear this. Uh, looking forward to you at the World Championships and then Paris. Uh, we're, we're, I guarantee we're going to see you there and we're guarantee we're going to commentate you winning another medal. Oh, thank you so much, guys. And big thank you to Kyla. And uh, you had sort of mentioned Ben at the beginning uh, during our intro. Uh, comparing this to Brit Cox and Moguls, you know, uh, Australia and which should be a Canadian sport. And here, Canada, I was going to say Australian sport. <laughs> My Good old Canada. 
They also did well at the recent Beijing Olympics. Um, it's all those Canadia. Che- yeah. che- ketchup Cheetos. That's what uh, gets Canadia the success they have. But uh, what I think is so interesting is, you know, we almost have lost it now that we're two Olympics into Canada's success in swimming. But just being able to hear the fact that she came in literally weeks after Rio, which it wasn't like anybody could call the success we had in Rio. I mean, it, it came out of nowhere. And her coming in almost starstruck. And then a few years later, I mean, she's on every relay team we have. She's walking away with multiple medals. It's just great to see what Canada can do with people like Kyla there and not people like me and Ben. Very true. You wouldn't want us on a team. We, the, that streak would end pretty quickly. But, I mean, I, I find it really fascinating to learn there about the, the, the aspect there of getting a medal when you swim a heat. And, like, I, I've always wondered that about, like, how do you get the medal? Like, just wake up, it's in your pigeonhole or something like that. Oh, hello, there's, there's an <laughs> Olympic medal. But it's it's fascinating and it's, quite, it's always interesting to learn. And just the depth, too, that obviously Canada is going to have. I mean, she mentioned Summer McIntosh. We talked a lot about her during the Olympics last year. Penny, obviously, is still, what, only, like, 21. So, you know, so much moving forward there. Kylie, of course, and just the, the depth. And, I mean, just saying this now, now, the, the, the Campbell sisters are on their last legs, so uh, who knows? Come Paris. I mean, they're alive. They're not dying, as in, like, they're, <laughs> they're swimming legs. Man, with your luck, you really got to be more careful of your words. <laughs> yes, breaking news and off the podium today, the Campbell sisters are dying. <laughs> we didn't do it. Uh, but they're towards the end of their career, which obviously when it comes to particularly the 4 by 100 relay, opens it up a little bit more moving forward. I mean, obviously, we've got a couple of other good swimmers. I'm not saying it's all the Campbells. I mean, hello, Emma McKeon. Like, just, you know, our most decorated Olympian ever. Thank you. But uh, it, it leads some, some great hope for Canada moving forward. So, in all seriousness, I'm going to look at Birmingham and all of a sudden, if we lose to, like, it's all well and good to lose to, like, America. Like, okay, they're the best in the world. And we often say, oh, if you're going to lose to anyone, lose to Canada. Okay, fine. But we're not losing to Canada at a Commonwealth Games. We've got no fucking competition. <laughs> Like, come on. Like, we lose to other countries at a, at a world champion, but not Canada at our games. This is the Commonwealth <laughs> Games. We should be winning every gold in the pool. So, no, Kyla, don't win gold in Birmingham. Great interview, though. This is why the curse happens, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Commonwealth Games. There's no such thing as a Commonwealth Games curse on this show. <laughs> you well, and I could, I've now. got a Commonwealth Games bronze medal, and I just worked at the damn thing. They give them out to everyone. <laughs> uh, best backstage roadie at the boxing event, whatever your job <laughs> was. <laughs> I was more than a roadie. I made people get interviewed, so shut up. Um. <laughs> uh, but that was, as we said, great. And we're, we're going to be talking to lots more Olympians coming up. We've got so many interviews. We don't know what to do with them. We might just give them all away for free. That's what I'm thinking. Or if you want to pay uh, us, let us know. I, will I was going to say, I'll pay $40 to subscribe <laughs> yes. to the OTPSL. The OTPSL coming soon, next season. That'd be fun. You, Jared, myself, swimming in a pool. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> if anybody out there is willing to pay for it, I will do it. I will do a lot of things for money. Um not I've heard. That. No, that is- <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a father. We know it stops at uh, swimming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, plenty more interviews to come. And uh, wow, Beijing was great. Uh, can't wait for Paris. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the, the the subtitle on the review DVD. Wow, Beijing, Beijing was great. Was great. <laughs> Colin Woody off the podium. <laughs> Five stars. Uh, we'll, we'll put it out when we put out our own commentary DVD best of, but, uh, stay tuned. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, maybe even YouTube. Possibly you may have been directed well, here after you YouTube. You can watch this on YouTube. We should have mentioned you that. You can watch not this doing on YouTube. Job very yeah. well. If you want to watch this video, watch it on YouTube. As in this part, I'm you're not going to watch. YouTube. It's just the interview. Yeah. This part, no. Uh, <laughs> the part yeah, where YouTube. you want to hear, Kyla, you know. There's plenty of good stuff on YouTube that does not involve us rambling. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ben, as well. You're, you're welcome. Just quickly, a shout out to Jason Momoa as well. All right. And, uh... Eat ketchup chips and go left.
What an episode. You loved every single second of it. It's been, again, just quickly reminding you once again, if you want to help us win a Sports Podcast Award, sportspodcastawards.com, register to vote, click on Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast section, listen to the other nominees, and then go, hey, off the podium's awesome. They're so good. They put in so much work and so much effort, and we just love them, and they deserve to go on the podium for once. Ben's awesome. Jared's awesome. Colin's okay, but he's also kind of awesome. We'd really appreciate it. And particularly if you've actually listened to the rest of this and ended up here, because generally I assume you've well and truly tuned out by now. But seriously, if you're at this point of the podcast, then you're a true listener. And that means that you're a true fan and you should vote for us. Sportspodcastawards.com. Do it now. We will thank you forever. Literally ever. Like every episode moving forward, we will thank you forever. Sportspodcastawards.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you next time on Off the Podium. I'm I'm really going to go now. Bye.